Oh yeah, this is from Dude to Dad. I'm Brian Laurel. And I'm Chris Pagula. We're here every episode, as you know, for new dads, rookie dads, pro dads, dads-to-be. This episode is a continuation of our last episode, really meant for dads-to-be, and it was delivery day. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and check that one out. Here we are picking up basically right after the baby is delivered, what the remaining time is like will be like most likely for you in the hospital, and then what to expect in those first several days to a week when you get home. Chris, when you were in the hospital with your wife um, and when you were having your kids, how what was the average? How long did you stay in the hospital each time? I, I think it was a total of like two or three days um, from, you know, in, in, in all. So from delivery to uh, post. Okay. The same with us. With our second child, yeah, we were there two nights. Um Actually, I guess when we had labor induced for the first one, we were technically there 24 hours. So it was, it was since we, after we had the baby, we were there two nights. And that, uh, just as a heads up, guys, because this was a complete shock to me, is when that first night uh, the baby's born and they get all, you get all cleaned up and then you get moved to kind of the room you're going to be in. You're not in the delivery room anymore. You're kind of in a more uh, a, an actual hospital room. And the nurses come and go. And I, for some reason, mistakenly thought that they were going to be more hands-on. Once your baby is born, it, it's on you, mom and dad. They, they, will, they come in, and they're making sure that your wife is okay, and they will, they'll come in, and they'll do a hearing check on your child. They'll do, like, an initial kind of bathe your child, um, and I forget what else they do. They, they Actually, they do a—they um, uh, put ointment in the baby's eye to make sure that there's yes, no uh, yeah, irritation yes. from being inside uh, the amniotic sac, and vitamin K is administered, um, which is a—they uh, evaluate the baby according to this uh, scale called the APGAR scale, um, which apparently has a meaning uh, behind it, which at the top of me, I forget. It's like— uh, but they, they check to make sure that all of the basic function, uh, functioning of your child is normal, and they rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, I believe. So they'll come in. They'll kind of you know, show you how to swaddle the baby. Um, if your uh, wife is going to be breastfeeding, they may, the baby may need some help kind of learning how to latch on. Um, so they do have like lactation specialists that will come in and, and try to help, which is for me with our first child, um, it took our first baby a little bit of time to kind of get used to what she was supposed to do. So it was very weird to see, uh, this, uh, nice elderly woman helping my wife jam her boob in my baby's mouth. And this woman's feeling my wife up and trying to kind of get it. It was very, uh, it was, it was a very interesting experience, but, uh, my point is they're not they're, they don't do a whole lot for you as far as the actual caring of your child no. and the, the changing and the rocking to sleep or whatever. That's, uh, that's, that's on you. Well, you know what, Brian? You have to like, don't be fooled when as soon as the baby's born and they take the baby, you know, after the baby's put on, on your mo- on mom, you know, for skin to skin contact and all of that's like, I think the first thing they really want to have happen, which is really important. But, you know, then they take the baby, clean it and do everything that you were just mentioning. So you're like, okay, great. You know, this is good. I've got professionals taking care of everything. But like, like you said- for a couple days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you get into that room, I was the same way. Like at night, especially, I was freaking out. You know, our, our baby rolled up like a, which guys, you're going to learn how to swaddle, which is really important. If you get like awesome at swaddling, your life is going to be different. Um, it's going to be peaceful. But anyway, I remember my, all three of the children being swaddled in that little crate put at an angle so that they won't 
choke on the remaining fluid perhaps that they ingested from birth mm-hmm. scared the living crap out of me because every time I'd hear a little, <clears throat> I'm like, oh no, oh no. So I didn't sleep a wink in the hospital at all. Yeah, that's uh, that the first time it was the same thing. I was, we finally got a chance where the, the, you know, our daughter was exhausted. My wife was certainly exhausted. I was exhausted for different reasons, just not having sleep. But I finally like laid down in this kind of recliner chair that was supposed to be kind of a bed, but it really wasn't very comfortable. And I started nodding off and the, um, the nurse came in just to check on her and then she left and I went back to sleep. And then my child started making that little noise you're talking about. And you're wondering like, is it, is that normal? Well, okay. Is she choking? What's go? And so the nurse came in and I said, you know, what, what's going on? She goes, well, you can pick up your child and you know, <laughs> it's your her and investigate dad. So, um, so yeah, so just want to give you guys a heads up that that's um, fatherhood smacks you immediately in the face. Once the baby arrives and they do the initial kind of cleanup and everything, it's on, it's on you. Brian, now, I just w- found what APGAR scale means. The tell um, us, drop okay, it on. Us. So APGAR stands for appearance, pulse, grimace, activity, and respiration. So those are the five characteristics they're checking to make sure that everything is normal. So anyway, that's just a sidebar. Okay. okay good old Apgar. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's see here. So if you are in there with, with us, we had the first night. And then the second day, you're just, it's just breastfeeding and sleeping. And my wife would be awake and asleep and the baby was awake and asleep. I was awake and asleep. It was very strange because it's daylight outside and you have the, you know, the sunblock shades that are in the room, but they don't do that great of a job and you're excited, but you're just exhausted. And one thing I will say with the first child I did not do a very good job of was, um, was eating and keeping my energy level up. My wife, as soon as the baby, she had the baby, she wanted everything under the sun. So I made sure, you know, I either went down to the cafeteria, which the food surprisingly was pretty good, but there was also, you know, Starbucks in the neighborhood. There was a, in an out burger, there was Chick-fil-A. So we had uh, a lot of options. So I was running back and forth, but what I wasn't doing for some reason, and I don't know why I was just more concerned about her and the baby. And I wasn't really keeping my energy level up. So that next evening when we were at the hospital I was which was our last evening at the hospital I was just I was just toast so I remember waking up at about 10 o'clock at night and I went actually went over to In-N-Out Burger the baby was asleep my wife was asleep so I went and I I don't even remember I just stuffed my face with just burger after burger and fries monster and coke and monster I just, fries or whatever what do you call them yeah yeah, yeah. And I, um, and so that's just the thing guys. And if you remember when we talked about the go bag, we talked about the importance of putting like cliff bars yeah. or Snacks, just beef jerky, almonds. just like, yeah, make sure you have those things. Cause I didn't do a very good job. I, I packed a couple of them, but I like down those in the first, like while we were waiting for the baby to be born. So, um, those things were gone. So, um, you know, Brian, I, if, if, if I may step in just to backtrack a bit, one thing that we did forget, which is really important after the baby is born, they're going to immediately, um, footprint, you know, your child too, and identification bands being put on the wrist and legs. And those are the one thing my wife was like, make sure they match, make sure you memorize the identification. Cause you know, once the baby goes into the nursery, if so, or whatever, you just, you're, they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, now did point. your baby leave your site at any moment? Because our baby never left our site. No, I went with wherever the baby was going, you know, like there were times okay. where they would take them to, to go into 
check weight and different things, you know, going to another room. So my wife was like, go, go. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Is that all right? You know, because I was like, that's the nurse's job, but. I'm wondering if that's a thing that varies from hospital to hospital or if that's a time like when you had your kids versus because we had our our child our children in one room and they cleaned up and everything in that same room um they um did some of those tests in the same room and then when we got into our room that that was our own that we were going to be in for the next couple days that baby did not leave that room they bathed her in there they did all the tests on her they did the hearing test they brought the equipment in the room so the baby never left our site however uh, still with the, uh, the bands and everything, they're very, very, uh, militant about making sure that the bands match one and then, and dad, you'll get a band too. Um, and then they will also, um, make sure they double and triple check before giving your wife anything, uh, with, and you know, there's a little barcode on there that they'll scan because they're keeping track of everything, which they do with any hospital patient, but with your child as well. So yes, the, the, uh, the, the footprints and then the, uh, the paperwork that you need to do for the birth certificate and all that, uh, telling them the name you decided on and everything, if you decided on it at that point, hopefully you will have. Um, so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of um, actions details yeah. that need to be uh, that are need to be tended to and then um you come to the day where you're you wake up and you know at some point during that day you're going to be discharged hmm. and for us both times it was late in the afternoon we were anticipating it was going to be in the morning but it actually we kind of ended up having to kind of cool our heels what we did in that day is that's when relatives came and and would come to visit right you know we the important thing to to mention as well is the birth certificate because that's going to be something that you're going to have to fill out while you're in the hospital and you usually have that or you send that out you know make sure that's that's all done but the information they give you immediately so you can make sure it's all correct you want to make sure that's handled um in the right way as well um but yeah once you know once the baby's delivered and you have that assistance from the nurse just like follow her and watch her do everything and she'll help you but again once you get to that room where it's just the two of you dad you're you you and mom are doing everything and mom's going to be tired so you're really going to have to step up to the plate so you know remember to breathe take it all in and um you know that's that's the coach that you've got to be you know at that time so you are finally given the clearance to go home you will go down, you'll get your car. We've already talked. You will have already installed your babysit at this point, and you will pull up to the curb. The uh, The staff, the nurse uh, that's uh, assigned to you will be there with your wife. They will typically lean in your car and just double, triple, quadruple check that it's uh, secure the way that you installed the car seat. They see many, 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 many new parents each day, and therefore they see many, many, many car seats installed each day. And so you'll get the um, you'll get the approval to uh, to leave, and you'll put your child in there. And then for me, I drove. I don't even know if I was driving the speed limit. Yeah, I was, was going to say like five miles per hour, you know, and like hands glued to the wheel, hands sweating profusely, and uh, you're just praying that you can get home safely. I was praying I was getting home safely, and it was during that drive home that I was starting to not freak out, but I was. I was the 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 reality that hit. had taken place in my life was smacked me in the face, and so um, we were fortunate with our first child that my mother in law offered to stay with us for. And we're gonna now we're gonna talk about kind of the, the first few days at home. Um, we had my mother in law stayed with us because my wife was exhausted, I was exhausted, so she was there to kind of 
help kind of fill some of the gaps. I mean, we were still doing everything, but when the baby was being maybe a little bit difficult and my wife hadn't slept in hours, she could go get, you know, sleep for three or four hours. I could go sleep for a few hours. And then I was kind of rotating for a while actually with my mother-in-law. So those, you know, I wish I could tell you guys exactly how it's going to go. But from this point on, it really depends on your baby because some sleep really well. Some don't sleep at all. Some will sleep during the day and be awake all night. Some, which was the deal with my child. Some will sleep during the night and be awake during the day. So it's, it's a total crapshoot. You know, Brian, this is reminding me of when we brought our first one home and we had pre-planned to have a baby nurse for a few days, just, you know, because my sister-in-law had her babies, um, had two babies already. So we were just following, you know, her plan of how she did it. And so it was the same baby nurse we hired. And I remember after the first day, my wife and I were like, okay, we've got to do all this because we can't take the way this woman is working as wonderful as she was, but it was like, she was trying to get the baby on a sleep schedule. So if the baby was sleeping at a certain hour at night, it wasn't late enough for her. So she'd come in, she'd be like, okay. And like clap really loud and make all this noise. And we're like, oh, wow. what the hell? And they're like, this is like bizarre. And it was just a, a, a crazy experience with another energy in the home. So it's important what you were saying, having your mother-in-law, you know, helping out or whoever you have helping out you're going to be like, your nervous system is going to be fried. You've just got to realize that, you know, hopefully you can get through this assistance with someone if they're really bugging you. But for us, we couldn't. So we, we, we kindly um, told her that we, we wouldn't need her assistance anymore, that we felt comfortable doing this on our own, even though we were still scared right. shitless. Um, <laughs> but it made such a difference when we finally had the confidence to just brave it on our own. You know, and a lot of it is going to be for you guys, you're going to be thinking, fuck, can I do this? What do I do? But just take that breath, you know, and you can, you can handle it. You're the dad. You, you got so this. you, um, there's a good chance your wife is going to be breastfeeding, uh, which means that she'll probably also be pumping. Uh, yes. and that's this little, uh, machine that has two big, if you're not aware guys, two big suction cups, she's probably either already purchased one or registered for one and, uh, two big suction cups. And it's just, it's doing what, it says it's pumping milk out of you'll her see them in the hospital some- too when they bring them brian and like our hospital had an old school one where we're like or it was like oil rig workers like the way that the machine <laughs> worked it was so big because it was pumping like i was like we got to bring this home with us thankfully we didn't because my wife got a convenient one that was smaller but but the pumping is is definitely um you know something you got to get used to and and uh it's you know you learn how to freeze the the milk and then re um, heat it up later for for bottle feedings and such now let me tell you something guys um you will learn this and i'm telling you this now so you don't learn the hard way and get slapped in the face when your wife is uh this as you can imagine that doesn't feel very good to be to uh, have uh, be pumping milk and you're putting them in these bags and you'll come up they sell the little racks and the little bags and you put the racks of the 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 sealed bags of milk in the freezer and then as you need them uh i'm sure something else that you will register for if you haven't already is a little machine you put the water in there and you turn it on and it heats up the water really quick and therefore it thaws out the uh the milk and gets it to the right temperature when you're pouring that milk out, you need to be so precise in pouring that out. Do not be lazy. Do not half pay attention. If you spill any of that milk or if your baby drinks part of a bottle and you dump the rest of it out, your wife 
If she doesn't murder you, she will at least maim you really good. That is liquid gold. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. The people that have a hard time lactating, like they sell their milk on like Craigslist, well, which and, to me was like crazy. I know. That people do that. But this stuff is worth more than its weight in gold. And if you waste or pour out any of it, you will see your wife who just gave birth leap across the room and latch onto your neck and just beach pummel you. Great advice, Brian. You know, it's, it's, it's most important is that initial breastfeeding involves colostrum, which is the very important inf- um, ingredient needed for immunity and just all the, the, the wonderful stuff that mom passes on to keep the child safe. One thing, um, you know, you're going to find that, which should not scare you, but it will. But now that we're, I'm going to tell you about it, it shouldn't, is when your baby is uh, when you're changing the diaper, the first few poos are going to be black and tarry like, and in just oh, yeah. Merconium that was is the name of that. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap, what is this shit? Literally, <laughs> you know, but um, it's okay. It's supposed to be like that. The, um, the, well, I want to get in a couple more things. So this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, but this is, uh, these, this is all important stuff. The, um, the diaper thing, you will have hopefully taken the, the daddy boot camp. You've learned how to change the diapers. Uh, you will feel comfortable with the swaddling. You'll get onto a schedule. It won't feel that way for the first few days, but you will. You'll adapt to each other. You'll adapt to the baby, and the baby will kind of adapt to you as and well. And as soon as or you do form. that, it's going to change, and you're going to have to adapt right. all over again. <laughs> right. So, but you will get, you will get into a groove um and it's it's it may be a painful one for me our groove was our baby was awake a lot at night and so my I would go to sleep from like nine to midnight and then I would get up and I would stay up from midnight to 6 a.m and then my wife would get up at 6 a.m and I would sleep from six to eight and then I would go to work I mean you're gonna have to you're gonna have to kind of figure this out but as you are Getting, you know, each day that goes by, you will feel more comfortable. And I, there's probably going to be a point in that first day or two, you're going to think, what the hell did I do? Things were so quiet. I was so rested. I was, and you might even find yourself. And if you feel that way, guys, it's okay. It's okay. Everybody, everybody thinks this in some way, shape or form, but the, you are a dad, you created life, which is a miracle in itself. And you will get the hang of this. So if you're having those feelings, that's okay. Um, but just hang in there because those feelings will certainly pass. And the, the more your baby is awake and alert and starts interacting with you, then your heart melts if it hasn't already. Because those first few days, your baby's doing nothing. It's eating, pooping, and sleeping. That's all the baby is doing. There's no interaction. There's no smiling. There's really no eye contact. There's no, it's, so you feel, you kind of feel like a third wheel, really. It's really about the mom and the baby. It is. You're, you're, you're the caretaker at this point, but you know, up for a lot of it, but you know, obviously you are the dad, but it's going to be a lot of work just to make sure everybody's calm, cool, collected, and relaxing so that naturally growth and everything um, is happening, you know, like clockwork. So two more things. I want to talk about where the baby sleeps, and then I want to talk about visitors, and then we're going to wrap this episode up. So with you, Chris, did you, did, I think you, you gave a little sneak preview in the last episode. Did, did your baby stay or your baby stay in their, in their rooms or in their nursery? First one until he was 14 months stayed in our room. 
in our bed for most of the time, was in a co-sleeper next to us when he was really small, and then eventually moved into the bed as he got bigger. But um, it made it really difficult for us to transition him into his room later on, which, you know, we're going to do another episode about, you know, that, this issue when getting kids to, to sleep independently in their crib and such. But I don't think our son had a crib that he used. He went immediately from our bedroom to his own bedroom on a mattress, but it was just horrible because he was able to speak. And when we had to do the sleep training, he'd be like, mommy, daddy, I love you. Why won't you let me be in your room? And it was just <laughs> devastating. So we'll, we'll do an episode on that. Just giving you a heads up, but, um, he was in our bed. How about yeah, you? Our, um, with our first child, we had the, the little bassinet thing in our room for probably the first, yeah, pro- we probably did it longer than we should have, but you know, when you're a first parent and you'll realize this when you have your, your second child, um, the things you do with your first child, you, a lot of those things just fall by the wayside because you, you learn and you feel more comfortable when it's the first time around. You know, if there's a slight cough or hiccup or a little gurgling sound, you you, you, you don't want to be bolting in the next room and, and trying to see what's wrong. It's a lot easier just to roll over to your side and see, okay, she's okay, she's okay. Or if she starts to stir a little bit, you can kind of stay in bed and put your arm out to the side of the bed and rub rubber back and then she would go back to sleep so um, and it makes it convenient having them there brian just because then when it comes time to feed you're you just pick up and get right to mom and then you can go do the you could sleep and then you can do the diaper change and she can sleep and they have bassinets now that um like you can uh have like a little air uh like a a, a hydraulic that you can raise it to the exact height of the bottom of it to the exact height of your mattress. And then if you lean on the front of it, the the front like uh, edge of the bassinet is kind of spring-loaded. So you don't really have to get out of bed. You can kind of with your arm uh, hold the, the edge down and kind of slide the baby out towards uh, towards you and towards your wife so um, she can breastfeed. So, um, and, you know, a lot of people immediately decide to put the baby um, in, the, in the nursery and have a monitor. And there's nothing wrong with either one. There's nothing right with either one. It's whatever the two of you are comfortable with. So let's talk uh, for a few minutes about uh, those first few days and family and friends and people that didn't come to the hospital to meet the baby and how you handle all that. This is another one of those things where you probably should have this conversation before the baby comes, right, Chris? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, we were extra cautious because our kids were born early, so we didn't want, you know, random stop bys by people. Um, And we had to do a, you know, check to make sure nobody's sick, no one's coughing. Like, people don't think whether or not they're, like, they wanted to see your baby, obviously, and see you and give you all the love, but they're not thinking that they may be passing on germs. So, I had to be the germ police and some people I couldn't allow in and that was very uncomfortable. But, you know, when you're a dad, you're just like too bad. You know, you, you got to protect that little one. Yeah, that's on you to uh, kind of be the uh, the the health health police for sure, because we had um, pr- pretty much within a day or two, we were OK with we had my parents over. We had her parents over. Her mom was staying with us anyway. But um, my sister came over. Um, my wife's sister came over. We had. Um, some friends, and we were okay with that. We were okay with that, and we, we just made sure everybody pureled the crap out of their hands, and um, everybody you know was was in good health. We did have one family member that had a slight cough, and I just said, "Sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you, you, you're going to have to come back." And and you cannot feel bad about that. And if you are the type of person that doesn't like conflict, you you got to go into Papa Bear mode at this point and just say, "Look, I you know I'm not trying to be an a hole here, but like I." 
by bait, I don't know. She may catch something, even if what you have. And the, what's the thing that everyone hears when someone's sick? Oh, it's probably just allergies. Yeah. Even yeah. if they think it's just allergies, you got to go with your gut and, uh, and, and protect your kid. But you also need to decide um, what you're okay with. You know, what, um, you know, you're, you're going to be tired. Your wife's going to be tired. The baby's going to be kind of getting used to things. You may need to set the ground rules, and I would suggest having this these conversations with friends and family beforehand and saying, we do want to have you come over, but we're probably going to wait a week or so, or we're going to wait a week and a half or whatever. We, we want to get rested and just kind of get into our groove before we have people come over. But that needs to be a discussion you both have because – your wife may not want anybody over there for a while. She may just be tired and doesn't want to put on makeup and doesn't want to see anybody and doesn't feel like getting dressed. And she's recuperating. And as I said in another episode, when I took my uh, my, my class at the hospital that the nurse told us in advance, but you know, she took a hit down there and she's yeah. probably not feeling too great right now. And she's recovering. And if you had to have a C-section, especially, uh, there's a lot of recovery that's uh, that's there. So do not make assumptions that just because it's family that uh, your significant other is going to be okay with that. Talk this through beforehand, and then I would suggest spacing people out, not having a bunch of people there at one time, because you also don't want to overwhelm uh, not only uh, your your spouse but your your baby as well. You know, Brian. One last parting thought is that you know when you do have someone that's helping you out, say mother in law or a uh, nurse or or what have you, a caregiver take advantage of that when you can sleep because you might want to just like, Oh, now I have somebody here. I can go do this air and I can do that. I can do that. And you're going to have all this adrenaline and then you're just going to just like run flat. So don't think you don't need sleep. Take advantage of it when you can. And with that, I think we may have hit everything we needed to for this episode. So if you guys do hear something that we didn't talk about, please let us know with that little blue microphone on the side of from dude to dad show.com. Leave us a message and we will catch you on our next episode from Dude to Dad.